I'm on? Excellent. Bottle of water. Might be a long sermon. I'm not sure. See how we go. Thank you, Matt. Where are you, Matt? Where'd you go? It's going. Oh, see you, Matt. Yeah, I know. Thanks for this morning. Matt's just got a duck off family-wise. Something special in his uh, family today. It was a great time of worship, wasn't it? And just lovely. A duck walked into a bar, hopped up onto the bar, said to the bartender, have you got any grapes? The bartender said, no, I don't have any grapes. He went away. Next day, duck walked into the same bar, hopped up onto the bar, said to the same bartender, have you got any grapes? The bartender said, no, I don't have any grapes. The duck went away. Next day, the duck came into the same bar, hopped up onto the same bar, saw the same bartender, you got any grapes? Bartender said, I told you the last two days I don't have any grapes. The duck went away. Duck next day walked into the same bar, hopped up on the same bar and saw the same bartender and said, Have you got any grapes? Bartender was getting really cranky now. He said, Just like I told you yesterday and the two days before that, we don't have any grapes. Next time you come in here, I'm going to nail your feet to the, to the bar. Next day... Duck walks into the bar, helps up from the bar, says to the same bartender, you got any nails? Nope, got any grapes. <laughs> now, you're probably thinking, what is that going to do with the sermon today? Absolutely nothing. It was just a good one, I thought, anyway. So what are we going to learn today? What is God going to say to you? And what are you going to do? So let's pray as we come into God's Word. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning that we can come into your house together. That you are our righteousness as we just sung and you are our freedom. We thank you for your Word and we thank you for your love through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just um, come before you today with our hearts open to receive what you would have us to hear. I pray, Lord, that... uh, that, Lord, through this, that we will find an encouragement and a great uh, peace, Lord, of knowing who you are and of your promises. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Who remembers playing hide-and-seek? I'm sure we've all been there. You remember that the person who was up had to cover their eyes and count to a certain number to give the others a chance to hide. When the counting concluded, the person who was up would yell out, Coming, ready or not. Remember those days? Now we are about to celebrate Christmas. Jesus coming as a baby into this world, not to condemn it, but to save it. But I asked the question this morning, what about his next coming? So Danny's going to come up and uh, bring us our Bible reading this morning. So if you can turn to your Bibles, to Revelation chapter 22. And Danny's going to read to us verses 7 through to 20. Thanks, Danny. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the word of the prophecy in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel 
who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers, the prophets, and all who keep the words of his book. Worship God. Then he told me, Do not seal up the words of this prophecy of this book, because the time is near. Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right. And let him who is holy continue to be holy. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angels to give you this testimony to the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears, Come, whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of water of life. I warn everyone who hears the word of this prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of the prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. Verse 7 that Danny just read to us up on the screen, Behold, I am coming soon. It's from the NIV or in the NLT version. It says, Look, I am coming soon. Now you probably agree with me it's hard to miss Christmas these days. Just about anyone with a pulse can tell you what time of year it is. We hear the ads on the radio, we see it on the TV, we see the lighted houses and buildings around us, the decorated yards in our neighbourhoods as we drive through, the displays in every store, all make sure that we don't forget. And even the banners on the internet we see scroll across the top of our screen in the search engines there to remind us Christmas is coming, just in case we've missed all the other signs. The clues are many. They are there to tell us simply, be prepared. Don't get caught without having just the right gift, the right decorations, the right foodstuffs and lollies, the right clothes and and accessories. But what amazes me about all the hype and fanfare leading up to Christmas in this day and age is the paradoxical picture it paints when set alongside the world of Christmas Eve over 2,000 years ago. Who do you think was fully prepared for that first Christmas? Were the stores that day full of last-minute shoppers in search of Christmas gifts? Were the huts and houses decked out with twinkling decor? Were the theatres and houses of worship offering special shows and musicals? Did anxious children find it hard to sleep that night? My guess is the answer to all of the above is a no. But the first Christmas was not without its own signals and signs. 
dating back a few centuries. The prophets had predicted a coming saviour, the Messiah, who would be born of a virgin from the ancestral line of David, born in Bethlehem. Now, back then, all Jews, even the marginally religious, had known such things from the time that they were little toddlers. And yet on the eve of the very first Christmas, business pretty much went on as usual for most. People came home from work, cleaned up for dinner. Children played in the dusty streets until bedtime. Spouses rolled over and gave goodnight kisses before turning out the light. The ho-hum of life just, just went on. Except, perhaps, for those who had yet to comply with that crazy census the one Caesar had ordered. For those who still needed to register, their minds were occupied with getting to their hometown if they still didn't live in it, filling out the necessary documents and then going home again. And as we know, one such couple arrived in Bethlehem on just such a mission. And there it was. Jesus was born in a manger. Who really knew? Apparently no one. An angel woke up some shepherds to tell them the news. Some wise men were intrigued by a strange star and and they followed it. But apart from these unlikely guests at the manger, no one else really seemed to notice. That first Christmas, Christmas number one, Jesus came and though many had been waiting for him, few noticed his arrival. The first Christmas might have been easy to miss, but the subsequent ones in our lifetimes are practically impossible to overlook. And Jesus said, you know what, he's coming again. In Revelation 22 that Danny just read to us, he said, it will be soon. This is so important to know because in our passage this morning, it is emphasised three times. Verse 7, behold, I'm coming soon. Verse 12, behold, I'm coming soon. Verse 20, yes, I am coming soon. And here's a question I have for you today. Have we done more to prepare for the celebration of a past event than we have to prepare for his future coming? I'll just read that again. Have we done more to prepare for the celebration of a past event than when we have to prepare for his future coming. In other words, do our efforts to observe and remember his first coming surpass our attention to the details of being ready for him to come again? The stakes, I believe, are much higher for this preparation. Some of us might have a better idea of how to prepare for a great Christmas celebration than we do for how to prepare for Jesus to suddenly appear today. After all, Christmas preparations, if you boil them down, are pretty basic. Decorate, purchase, wrap the gifts, make plans with the family, attend a church service, cook or cater, clean up. That's about it, I reckon. I know there are many other exciting nuances that make Christmas far more elaborate and far busier, but really, you and I would essentially be ready for Christmas if we gave attention to those things. And even if we're not ready, guess what? Christmas is still going to come. Next Monday, we are about to celebrate the first coming of Jesus. 
but let's not forget the next. This morning, I just want to share some basics. Nothing to do with ducks walking into bars. Some basics to keep in mind for a person who wants to be fully prepared for Jesus' second coming. So the first one I want to share with you this morning, some basics, is number one, we should be alert and watchful. Sometimes at Christmas, we are alert. And do we watch for sales? Yes, we do. We receive wish lists from family and we watch the ads for good deals. Christmas quite a few years back, I remember reading this is quite a while ago, the ABC News was reporting that the year's Christmas retail sales were only up 5% over the previous years, the smallest increase in about three years. To help bring in more revenue, Kmart boldly pledged to stay open 36 hours straight until midnight on Christmas Eve. Basically, they sent the message by doing this that there's still time to be prepared because we know, guess what, Christmas is coming soon. Being alert and watchful helps us get ready to observe an event that has already taken place. But Jesus said, to be ready for him to come again, there is something else we need to do and know. I'm going to tell you what that is. It's found in Matthew 24, 42. I'll put it up on the screen. Therefore, this is what to do. Keep watch. That's what we must do. That's pretty simple, really, in one sense. It's just a short phrase. Keep watch. But this is the part that we must know because, this is what do we know, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Christmas is December 25, every year. Easy to keep track of. What day will Jesus return? We have no clue. We don't know. Particularly what day, we don't know. The key is to be watchful and alert all the time. Constant attention needs to be given all the time because it could be any moment. Because what did Jesus say? It will be soon. Coming, ready or not. The second thing to keep in mind is this. We should be motivated to live godly lives. And I believe the Apostle Peter makes it very clear. Again, I'll put it up on the screen. I'd love you to read it with me. 2 Peter 3, 11 to 12. You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. At Christmas, children are often told they shouldn't be bad because if they are, they will not get any presents. The prospect of Christmas coming soon and not getting any presents spurs them on toward good behaviour, doesn't it? The prospect of Jesus coming back has a lot more on the line than lollies or presents, can I say. We're talking eternity, the heaven and hell bit. So we ought to live holy and godly lives. Don't get too attached to this world. It's not our home. It's just our assignment. Peter refers to us as aliens and strangers here in this world. 1 Peter 2 verse 11. We are a people whose citizenship is in heaven. That means if there are things we are practicing or doing now that we wouldn't if 
we were sure today was judgment day, we need to change them when? Today? How would you want Jesus to find you on the day he returns? Think about that for a minute. If he returned today, how would you like Jesus to find you? Would you like to be less tied to materialism? Would you like to be tied deeper to him through prayer? Would you like to put an end to that secret little habit? Would you like to be more passionate about sharing your faith? Whatever it is, we need to start living that way and live it now. Make preparations. Live godly lives. We don't know the day. After all, Jesus said it would be, what did he say? Soon. It would be soon. And because he is coming, ready or not. Thirdly, if we're to be prepared for Jesus to come, we should encourage each other. At this time of year, we say Merry Christmas a lot, don't we, to one another. We encourage each other to have a lovely time of celebration. It's fantastic to do that. I'm sure over the last week we have said something like, Merry Christmas, hope you have a good one. You've said it many times. Christians can do the same as we prepare for Jesus' next coming by encouraging one another also. So let's have a quick look. Hebrews 10, verse 25, I'll put it up on the screen. But let us encourage one another, God's word says, and all the more, as you see what? The day approaching. Let us encourage one another. Seek one another out. Pat one another on the back. Remind each other. Jesus is coming. Hang in there. It's not much longer. Hang on to Jesus. Keep up the good work. He's coming soon. The next major event from my perspective in biblical history is recorded in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Simply put, Jesus, the Messiah, is coming for his church. He will receive his church into his kingdom. This is the transformation that scripture has promised. I believe you can summarize this good news with seven arrows. And I call them the seven arrows of the gospel. So let's have a quick look this morning. The first arrow is the birth of Jesus. He came down to earth. The second arrow, out to the side, is the life of Jesus. He lived a perfect life on earth. The next arrow is the death of Jesus. He died a sacrificial death for us, for us receiving our sins upon himself. And he was buried in the tomb, but then he rose from the dead. And that gives us this, this next arrow, resurrection. He sent the Holy Spirit to lead us now in the time of the church to guide us, to protect us and to teach us. And then there's a time of tribulation. And then there will be a second coming of Jesus. There we go on the far right of the screen. 
First coming, then, there was, then there's the second coming. And he will establish an earthly kingdom on our planet and restore it to its intended beauty. Now, those of you who are very, very smart, counted how many arrows up there? Six. You're with Excellent. Miles, you're missing one. Well, here it is, right here. And it is called what? The rapture. I don't have time to go into that teaching today, but be encouraged that Jesus will come for his church and he will return with his church. Encourage each other with these seven arrows. We shouldn't bring each other down. We should feel free to express our hope in the return of Jesus to other Christians. After all, Jesus said it would be soon, coming ready or not. And this morning when you leave, uh, Bev and Hugh will have a handout of that screenshot there if you'd like to take one with you. But fourthly this morning, if we're going to be ready for Jesus to return, we need to persevere. In some ways, Christmas can be tough. Getting all the gifts ready, putting up the Christmas tree, all the shopping, sharing with the in-laws, driving long distances in the heat, and for some, remembering loved ones' past strikes a real blow. But in the end, you somehow get there. Maybe a little exhausted, but you persevered and you got yourself ready to celebrate. Listen to what Paul tells Timothy about the Christian life. I'll throw it up on the screen. Fight the good fight of the faith. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Persevere. Don't give up. You'll be tempted to think it's not worth it. You'll be tempted to think Jesus isn't coming back. You'll be tempted to turn away. You'll be tempted to take your eyes off Jesus while you wait. You'll be tempted to make a compromise here or there because it's been a long time already in our point of view and Jesus hasn't come yet. Don't give up into those temptations. Persevere. What's the best strategy for lifelong perseverance in this space? Try to remember in amongst the busyness of life as you do it. Remember that he's coming, ready or not. One of my personal strategies to remember is my phone screen. Who looks at their phone most days? Yeah. I'll just put up a picture of what's on my screen. So every time I tap my screen on my phone, it says, soon and very soon we are going to see the king. Reminds me so many times a day. It reminds me, you know what, not just on Tuesday, not just on Friday, but every day. It's never too early to start getting ready. Like Jesus is coming at that first Christmas, Jesus is still coming, ready or not. If he said it was soon 2,000 odd years ago, think of how soon it must be really now. This morning, I've shared with you some of the basics to be prepared for the next coming of Jesus. Just a quick recap. Number one was we should be alert and watchful. Number two, we should be motivated to live godly lives. We should encourage each other. And number four, we should persevere. Why? 
because Jesus is coming, ready or not. For those that were at the carols under the stars last night, Nathan shared quite a funny one, really, and it was about the wise men turning up and uh, offering gifts to baby Jesus. There was gold, frankincense, and the third one was, but wait, there's myrrh. Good one, Nathan. But you know what? I've just shared four with you, some basics in preparation. But wait, there is one more. In addition to those four basics just mentioned, there is another, a number five. And we are to do this until he comes. Anybody know what that is? Well done, Henny. We celebrate communion. As instructed in 1 Corinthians 12, 23 to 26, we share this into we share this together to remember those two arrows his death and his resurrection so i'd love to for you to prepare your emblems right now as we come into this time of communion and celebrate together as a part of our spiritual preparation for when he returns to remember what he's done for us And in 1 Corinthians, it's recorded for us. So let's go there. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let us eat the bread together. In the same way, he took the cup, the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. Let us drink this together. Let us pray. Father, we we come before you today and just acknowledge, Lord, that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Father, we, we take on afresh today your word from Revelation and the phrase that you are coming soon. I pray, Father, that through our preparations, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, that we will be ready every day. Father, sometimes we we look at this world and we think the world is falling apart. 
but really it is falling into place for your return. We thank you for your word, the prophecies, and the assurance of the victory that we have in and through Jesus Christ. We thank you that we can come to you into the Holy of Holies and have a relationship with you because of your son Jesus dying on the cross and rising again so that death has no sting. Father, it is much, with much joy in our hearts today that we celebrate this. It is much joy in our hearts as we prepare for your coming. Gracious God, we honour you today and acknowledge that you are coming soon. In Jesus' name, amen. Just ask the music team and singers to come up. We're going to sing our, uh, our last song this morning. It's called Joy to the World.